You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. March 14, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is an author and activist, a really, really fun person joining us on the show, and uh, an activist for LGBTQ rights. Jacob Tobias joining us, everybody. <laughs> but first, let's catch up on today's headlines. First up, if you're watching this, it means you survived yesterday's Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook crash. <laughs> or as the millennials called it, the end of the world. <laughs> Millions of people went through social media withdrawal yesterday. Facebook down, Instagram down. What we're learning about a worldwide outage. The outage is believed to be the biggest interruption ever suffered by the social network. Facebook, along with its other platforms, Instagram and WhatsApp, were down for hours yesterday for millions of people all over the world. Some even calling it the great Facebook blackout of 2019. That's right. Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram were completely offline. The great blackout of 2019. I thought that was Governor Northam, but whatever. (laughs) So uh, if you notice people in your office actually doing work yesterday, that's probably what it was. (laughs) And can I just say, people were treating this thing like an actual disaster. They're like, this is the worst thing ever. Now how will I see pictures of my friends' babies? Why don't you just go visit them in person? Ew, no, I don't wanna touch their babies, no. (laughs) But I know for some people, the worst part about yesterday was really the fact that they couldn't slide into the DMs. Yeah. In fact, one guy got so desperate, I saw him take an actual eggplant and put it in someone's mailbox. (laughs) In other news, today was not a great day for President Trump and his crew. His own party voted against his emergency border wall, which is gonna force him to use his veto powers for the first time. And as if that wasn't bad enough, Trump's vice president got deported from his office. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is taking away an office from Vice President Mike Pence. Pelosi's predecessor, Speaker Paul Ryan, had given the Vice President the extra space as a show of the relationship between House Republicans and the White House. But the Vice President rarely actually spends time there. By the way, the Speaker has full control of office space at the Capitol. Damn, Nancy. (laughs) Damn. I mean, I get taking away Mike Pence's office, but 
It seems like Nancy Pelosi really rubbed it in his nose by making it the official office where dudes can kiss each other room now. <laughs> you know that's gonna get to him. And it's kind of funny that House Democrats don't have enough power to reign in the White House, but they do have control over super arbitrary stuff, you know? Like, they can control random offices. You know, it's almost like the Democrats can't force Trump to divest from his business interests, but they can force the White House to use one-ply toilet paper. Be like, take that, Trump! And he'd be like, the risk that my finger will poke through the paper and touch my bum <laughs> is worse than impeachment! <laughs> I also feel really bad for Mike Pence. Because you know Trump feels like he has to top anything that Nancy Pelosi does. So now he's probably gonna try and take away Pence's real office. Be like, sorry, Mike, I need the room to store Rudy's sarcophagus. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) All right, well, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our main story because we are now just 599 days away from the 2020 presidential election, which when you think about it is basically like 598 days. So let's catch up on the latest in the Democratic primary in our ongoing segment, World War D. You know, there's an old African saying, if you keep quiet for long enough, you can hear a new Democrat joining the presidential race. (laughs) Did you hear that? Another one just joined. A brand new Democrat in the race for the White House, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, the social media phenom who lost his race for the Senate last year, joining the growing field just moments ago. He's campaigning in Iowa today. And we have something that almost no other country in the world has. We have the single greatest mechanism to call forth the genius of our fellow human beings. This democracy, more than 320 million people strong, can bring the ingenuity, the creativity, the resolve of an entire country. Yes, that's right. Beto O'Rourke is officially in the race. And it's about time, because he's been teasing us for months. Yeah, he wouldn't say he was running, but he was on Oprah, he was on the cover of Vanity Fair, he released a documentary, but whenever we asked him if he was running, he'd answer like a coy southern belle, I might, but a lady never tells. And I mean, obviously, we all saw this coming. This is the least surprising thing to happen since we found out Tucker Carlson said something racist. And a lot of people, a lot of people are wondering, why is Beto even running for president when he couldn't even beat Ted Cruz? I mean, he lost. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he lost. But he lost by a little bit, which is what people love. Yeah, it's like Rocky or Cool Runnings or Bad News Bears. (laughs) You see, humans are weird. If you win easily, people hate you, right? Like Tom Brady. And if you lose by too much, we just think you suck. But if you lose by just a little bit, people are like, that's my guy. <laughs> and now, of course, the big question whenever a new Democrat enters the race is, how is Trump going to bully them? And with Beto, the president wasted no time. Reaction to Beto Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said... <laughs> Is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? And I've actually never seen anything quite like it. You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Trump is right. (laughs) Boo, boo, no, screw you, Trevor, boo. Go back to Africa, boo. (laughs) No, but seriously, like, have you seen how much Beto O'Rourke uses his hands? Like, look at that. Look, it's like everything's hands, he's like a polite version of Eminem, just like the whole time. He kind of looks like one of those things at the car wash that I sometimes have sex dreams about. You know those things? But that being said, that being said, Trump 
is the last person to mock someone for overusing their hands, <laughs> all right? I mean, every single Trump speech looks like he's conducting every orchestra in the world at the same time. In fact, if the race comes down to Trump versus Beto, the debates are just gonna look like every fighting game we remember from the arcade. Round one, fight. Show your taxes. No wall. Witch hunt. Double KO. So Beto O'Rourke has officially joined the race for president, which means there are now 15 Democrats running in the primary. That's so many people. Look at all those faces. Look at all of those faces. They've got enough people to start the world's worst soccer team. And because there are so many Democrats running, many Democratic voters are wondering, how do I know which one to choose? Well, for Ronnie Chang, the choice is clear. Here's his report. The 2020 presidential campaign. Like my afternoon poop, it's not quite here yet, but I can already feel it. Out of all the candidates, there's only one I can see myself in. I'm Andrew Yang, and I'm running for president as a Democrat in 2020. He's a successful businessman, and I don't know if it's the cut of his suits or the way he lights up a room, but there's just something about this guy that makes me want to vote for him based on zero research. Okay, so you're Asian, you're running for president, what else is there to know? Uh, my platform. Right, uh, I thought your platform was being Asian. There are many, many other Americans who care more about my stance on the issues than frankly, uh, you know, what my race is. Which is? Asian. Yes. And that's all we need to know here. Okay, let's wrap this up. You know, I, I think we should discuss my platform. If you want to talk about what you believe or whatever, go for it. I'm going to edit all this out, by the way. I believe that every American adult at the age of 18 should get $1,000 a month, free and clear, from the government to do whatever they want. For working hard, right? Well, for being a citizen of this great country. As his ads show, Yang is all about universal basic income. The idea that the government should give everyone a monthly check, even if they're not working. You can't just give people free money. That's the only reason people work. If I was getting paid without having to work, you can't quit your job on $12,000 a year. It would make it so that Americans can transition as technology is uh, eating away many, many jobs. Artificial intelligence is around the corner. Oh my God, artificial intelligence. Robots, that's your thing? Yes. Dude, you are making it so hard to blindly vote on identity politics right now. Projections are that about 44% of American jobs are subject to automation. Self-driving cars and trucks are going to displace 5 million Americans who drive for a living. Shit. It's going to displace hundreds of thousands of bookkeepers, lawyers, and on and on. According to Yang, everyone but me should get ready to be replaced. However, budget policy expert Bob Greenstein doesn't think that will happen. Robots are coming for some jobs, but they're not going to replace all the jobs or even most of the jobs. But are you only defending robots because you're a robot? No, I'm not a robot. Prove it. Which of these squares has a stop sign? Three of them. Yeah, point to the square. This one, that one, and this is the third. Very good. But I'm not sure I just proved I'm not a robot. What do you mean? Well, maybe you could develop a robot that could identify the stop sign squares too. 
What? So Bob might not be human, but he's got to recognize that Yang's universal basic income is a winning idea. UBI is a beautiful idea. Thank you. That's all I need to know. Well, it actually isn't all you need to know. The problem is it's a beautiful idea that will never really happen. Ronnie costs nearly $4 trillion a year. Why wouldn't people vote for that? Have you ever had someone wave cash money in your face? Not really. It feels like this. Can you feel that? I can feel the wind. That's some cash wind. Where's the money for the cash wind come from? But Bob, it's no fun asking where this came from. Policies only really work if they can happen in the real world. And I don't need to listen to Bob. All he cares about is reality. If this presidency has taught us anything, it's that reality doesn't matter anymore. Now we're going to have the Space Force because it's a whole... So if Andrew Yang is going to stand a chance in this election, he's going to have to learn what really excites today's voters. If we had a value-added tax at even half the European level, we'd generate... using all these numbers and all this nerd shit. Listen, there's only one thing that wins elections in America, okay? That's fear and hate. That's two things. Okay, again, with the numbers. People are jobless, angry, and ready to blame their problems on another race. And robots are the one race it's okay to hate. Yeah, well, robots aren't a race, for one. Good, deny their humanity. That's a great first step. Next time you campaign, I want you to go out and say, robots are causing all the robot crime in Robot Chicago. There is no robot Chicago. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about truth. We're talking about hate and fear and getting in power for Asian people and getting revenge on every single person. Yeah, I'm whoever for... Whoever said we weren't good enough. I'm for none of those things. Okay, good thing I'm here to help you out. So this is an ad we prepared for your campaign. Andrew Yang knows America is being invaded by robots. They're sneaking across the border, taking the jobs we love, and imposing their same-sex robot Sharia law. Andrew Yang will stop the robots from banging your wife and becoming your son's new dad. Yang 2020, you will not replace us. What do you think? It's kind of the opposite of where we need to go. So you do not approve this message? No, I do not approve this message. You do not what? Sorry, I missed that. Approve this message. And what, what is your name again? I'm Andrew Yang. Yang 2020. the robots. them to hell. I'm Andrew Yang, and I approve this message. <laughs> Ronnie Chang, everyone. We'll be right back. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. You know... With President Trump dominating most of the news cycle, it's easy to forget that the United States has problems that aren't peach-colored and poorly dressed. And one of those problems is policing in America. But the police are working on this problem. And to catch you up on their latest efforts, we turn to our very own Dulce Sloan in our new segment, Arrested Developments. 
Thanks, Trevor. Police in America have been getting a pretty bad rap recently, mostly because they keep shooting unarmed black people. And it doesn't help that we keep recording it. If we didn't keep catching them on our phones, the problem would just go away, like my gas bill. If I don't open my mail, I don't owe you a cent. <laughs> but since it doesn't look like people are gonna stop filming the cops, some police departments are coming up with other solutions. And like most of the dudes in my DMs, these solutions are weird. Waco police taking steps to engage more with young people in our community. Officers are giving out trading cards. You see them there, and when they see kiddos on the streets, they hand them one. Now, if you're wondering, each card has a picture of the officer along with some of their background career information. It gives the youth the opportunity to, to learn a little bit about each officer. So, you know, it, it shows that police officers are people too. Oh, this is great! The Waco police are gonna pass out Pokemon cards of themselves. So now when a cop throws me against the wall, I can be like, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm being manhandled by Officer Barry. <laughs> Man, you a collectible. <laughs> now look, I think this is a great idea, but it would be even better if the cops got trading cards of black people instead. Then they can see us as human beings. next time when they see a black kid running, they'll be like, why is he running? Ah, that's Lamar. Oh. <laughs> Says here he runs track, is constantly late, and his hobbies include not getting shot by the police. Okay. <laughs> but if trading cards are too old school for you, the NYPD has a new high-tech way to help community relations. The NYPD is turning to virtual reality to help improve community relations. And they're working with teenagers. This new program called right. Options simulates recurring problems the NYPD hopes helps address. Those are supposed to be students on the basketball court being asked to be in a gang. If you're not down with me, I'm gonna look dumb. All the character students encounter in the clips we were shown are people of color. Police say that's an effort to be more relatable to the communities they're trying to target. Okay, again, not a bad idea, which is why the cops should play the games themselves, okay? I don't need VR to teach me how to deal with black people. I have a family <laughs> and a bunch of mirrors in my house. I deal with me every day and I'm a f***ing delight. <laughs> and if you're trying to teach young people, you're gonna need a better game. This game is like Grand Theft Auto with none of the fun. What do you do on level two? Pay taxes and wear a condom? <laughs> but I get why cops are trying to role play. Everyone loves role playing. You could be a cop, a prison guard. Ooh, you could even be a prisoner. Ooh, I'm talking a prisoner who's been bad. <laughs> Real bad. So now do you have to handcuff her? and take her to a holding cell. Like, oh, oh, sorry, you're being so rough. <laughs> don't, don't say, don't say, don't say. I, I think you're, you're getting a little off topic. Sorry, 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 I'm back. Wait. <laughs> okay, I'm back, I had to finish. <laughs> Gotta get mine! <laughs> now, in New York, they're changing the way they interact with black people, but over in West Georgia, they're going a different way. Still dumb, but different. This afternoon, police have a new crime-fighting tool they say could help in dangerous situations. Watch, please show us exactly how this works. You point the device in the direction of the person that you want to entangle 
or restrict their movement. The bowler wraps extra strong line, shoots out, and catches around a suspect's ankle. Here's how that looks. We slowed it down so you can see the line wrap around the mannequin's legs. Okay, that's gotta be the worst idea yet, all right? If y'all gonna tie my ankles together while I'm running, I'd rather be shot. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? You heard me. At least when you get shot, you go out with some dignity, all right? You won't hog tie me like some damn rodeo cattle. I went to college. I'm not getting taken down by this cartoon-ass gun. What is this for police or the circus, okay? What's next? Cops are gonna stop a car chase by tossing banana peels out the window? <laughs> you know, don't say, like, I feel like police are trying to come up with solutions and you're just hating on them. What do you think would work better? Oh, here's an idea. Why don't the police just talk to black people? Hmm? I mean, get to know us as humans and hire cops who actually live in the neighborhood they're policing. That way, cops don't feel like they're commuting to a Spike Lee movie every day. (laughs) And residents will know the cops actually care. Plus, if a cop is your neighbor, that ain't snitching. That's gossip. You know, Dulce, actually, these these are some great ideas, so I think we should. We should scrap all the other ideas, yeah. No, 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 no. We can can, uh, keep the little lasso thing. I I thought you said you hated that one the most. For the police! (laughs) I'ma use it to catch Idris Elba. (laughs) Um, by the way, uh, when is he coming back to the show? I'm definitely not telling you now. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I'll find out. I went to college. Don't say slow, everybody. We'll be right back. My guest tonight is a gender non-conforming activist, producer, and writer whose new memoir is called Sissy, a coming of gender story. Please welcome Jacob Tobia. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. You know here. What, what gets me is you're a hugger, and I'm not used to hugging people who are taller than me. <gasps> I don't know where to place myself in a taller person hug. It is kind of awkward because you get the arm sandwich moment. Yeah, but I'm... Because I'm used to, like, tall hug. I know how to hug down. And right. then, like, you're the first person I've hugged who's taller than me, and I don't know how to engage in that hug at all. Yeah. I did have a growth spurt, like, you know, 20 minutes ago, to be fair. Okay. Okay, it's that's official. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, And congratulations on your book, Sissy, A Coming of Gender Story. Mm. Let's first talk about the title. I mean, Sissy would seem like the title that everybody would want to stay away from because that's a derogatory term many people have used to describe people who are queer, gender Mm. non-conforming, et cetera, et cetera. And yet in the book, you talk about how, through self-love, you've learned to own these titles of badges of pride. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it's funny because in some ways, sissy was the first word that I had to even name my difference. You know, I didn't know the word transgender when I was a kid. I didn't even know the word gay as early as I knew that sissies, people who were gender different, was a thing. Um, And so the whole point of this book for me is to kind of excavate the story of my gender and really not take any part of it for granted. And so the naming it sissy is about reclaiming my childhood for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, And learning to... Uh, kind of, like, snatch back the power from people who tried to be like, oh, you shouldn't be like that. 
And you can just kind of be like, well, I mean, if you think you're going to like tease me with that name, like it's a title in my damn book now, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, oops. <laughs> One thing I really enjoyed about this book was the way you tackled conversations in and around being trans, being gay, being gender non-conforming. Because we cannot deny that in society, it is a difficult topic to broach because, A, a lot of the time, we don't even know where to begin, right? right? Everyone's afraid of stepping on a landmine somewhere. And then, for some people, it just makes them uncomfortable because they've been taught certain things growing up. Mm. Why did you feel like human needs to be part of the conversation? Why do you say that people shouldn't take it as seriously? Like, they should respect it, but they should be able to laugh and joke about gender. That seems like a, a controversial thing to say. Right, well... In the process of writing this book, and also in the process of promoting it, I feel like I've learned a new identity for myself, which I didn't realize was so necessary, but I'm gender chill, y'all. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like I... Because I don't want to live in a world... Like, I want to think about what is the future we want to build for trans folks? Right. Right, what is the future that I want to live in? And the future I want to live in is not some future where, like, you know, there's no gender and everyone wears, like, gray hoodies and sweatshirts and, like, you know, shaves their head and, like, whatever. Like, that's not the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where gender is this playful thing where there's no patriarchy, no misogyny, none of the things that make gender suck, um, and only the things that make gender great. Right. I want it to feel like a dress-up bin, you know? And, like, some kids, you know, don't even play dress-up, but, like, watch up, like, they go, you know, color. And then some children, I don't know who, like, you know, go in the dress-up bin and are like, um, how much can I put on my body and still stand up? Right. And that, that's something that's something you actually encourage in the book, which I, which I found really interesting. You said one of the things that you think could help us in society is if people experimented more with their gender. So people going out there and dressing in clothes that they wouldn't normally... You said, for instance, everybody should try on a three-piece suit, regardless of their gender. Just try it on and yeah. see how it feels. Why do you think that's so important? Well, the, one of the myths, I think, of the way that the trans movement has done our messaging is the idea that, like oh, cis people have a stable gender. You know, like, people who aren't transgender have a gender that's simple. And I'm like, girl, no one has a simple gender. That's a silly idea. Um, And and more importantly, everyone should try out new things. You know, we grow up in a world, or at least most of us grow up in a world, where our gender possibilities are shut down from the moment we're children. Right. And I think it is, is everyone's responsibility and everyone's opportunity to explore... Um, what else that could look like. Why do you think people are so afraid of it, though, and, and, and so hateful towards it? Because, I mean, in my world, I've always gone, if somebody's not hurting me or mm. it's not hurting other people, why does it affect you? But there are people who are vehemently opposed to everything that you represent as a human being. Have you ever engaged with somebody like that? And have you ever figured out why people are so against it? Yeah, I have a lot of empathy, actually, for people who are really uncomfortable around me or who, you know, stigmatize trans folks or who, you know, just, like, play straight-up hate you know, gender nonconforming people. And the reason I have empathy is because it's like when someone catcalls me in the street, you know, when someone, you know, like is violent towards trans folks, I'm just like, darling, your trauma is showing. You know, like the only reason that you would lash out against a trans person is because you've been traumatized on the basis of your gender too. You know, that like something about your gender went wrong or someone told you that you couldn't cry when you were a child or someone told you that this is how you had to be. And you see someone like moi with such freedom (laughs) And you don't know how to handle it. Um, to that effect, I brought you a little present. You bought um, me a present? Yes. So I, I introduced oh, a term. Oh, you brought me a little bag. I love bags. Yes, a little baggie. I a little gift a bag. bag. I she love bags. She always leaves a party giving people gift bags. <laughs> um, so back in the, in the, when, we, when we checked in in the, in the dressing room, yes. I taught you a term. Yes. Uh, the term is gender f- 
All right. Um, which I've I think, never heard of that before. Yeah, and it's not like it's not what it sounds like. It's like playing with your gender and having a damn good time. Um, and so I brought you some clip-on earrings. Oh wow! Because I figured so you I get, could use. So I get to wear these. Yeah. So you, you see, you know this what is... kills me with clip-ons a lot of times is they give me headaches. But these ones aren't tight. I promise. Are you sure? They're good ones. No, they're, they're a lot of the time they'll like give you headaches. No, they're gentle. <laughs> yes. And. This is, this is, I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, be your stylist right now, and I don't want to, like, you know, but I just, this is a look. Now, you realize this is a look, you right? Know, you know what's interesting for me, uh, to your ideas of gender <laughs> and how we identify it and what signifies gender around the world, is in South Africa and in many African cultures, men will wear earrings like this, and it, to your point, mm. it doesn't, like, no one will be like, oh, that man is not man, or is... You, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's funny, because like, like this, I'm just like, oh, I, I look traditional right now. I could be... <laughs> yes. like, that's what I'm thinking right now. Right. Like, if my grandmother saw it, she'd be like, finally! Hey. He's connecting with his roots! <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being on the of show. Of course. It's a really beautiful book that talks about gender in a really honest and funny way. Sissy is available now. Jacob Toby, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.